is the Metal Hammer of Doom. I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, got a special edition of the Metal Hammer of Doom podcast. We are going to review Children of Bodom's new album, Halo of Blood. But before we get into that, I was at a concert. I went to Rockstar Mayhem. Lucky bastard. Get back in the closet until I introduce you. I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I was at a concert. I was at Rockstar Mayhem. And I feel the need to talk about it, the good, the bad, and the, ug- and the ugly. And now, uh, I can't do that alone, of course. And, and here he is, the man who does not wait for his own fucking introduction, Mr. Robert Cooper. How do you do, Captain Impatient? I've had better weeks, but, you know, it could be worse. You've had better I weeks? Could, uh... now, I, now I feel bad that I'm picking on you. Ah, I mean, oh, don't worry, my cat died in two or six, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, mean well, no, the way this is, I don't mean this the way that it's about to sound, but are you going to write a country music song about it? No, 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 because my truck still works. Oh, okay. Let yeah, me know. No, no, I, totally, I, I get that joke. But no, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I've had better weeks. But yeah, I mean, I'm totally, I'm stoked to talk about Children of Bodom, and I'm stoked to hear about your experience at Rockstar Brohim Festival. <laughs> Rockstar Brohim. <laughs> All right, look, let me first say that I, I went with uh, my buddy Paul, who thought Machine Head sounded like Dragon Force. So here's a guy. What? Yeah, so here's a guy who. Is not necessarily a an authority on music, and he and he's been to very very few concerts. In fact, the only concerts he's ever been to are the ones I brought him to, which were previously uh, Goat Whore and Clutch, two different shows. This is his first yeah. festival, so some of the things that I'm going to share are his observations, which I thought were hilarious because he really was a stranger in a strange land. I have been going to concerts since I'm like 12. You know, I, I have been. Um, I started. I've been. I started going to serious heavy metal concerts when I was 15. And as I said before on this show, the first one I went to was Pantera. And I've been to all kinds of festivals. You know, I've been to Lollapalooza. I've been to previous Rockstar Mayhem's, Ozfest. Did not go to Woodstock either one, um, or any of them. As a matter of fact, wasn't old enough to go to the first Woodstock. But uh, are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I uh, I don't even remember when was that seventy six because that was the year I was born and my parents did not bring me uh, you know to to, to to Woodstock when I was open an infant. Um, I'm not quite sure what year it was. I wanted to say like sixty nine, but I'm not. I don't think so. No, that, was probably dead by sixty nine. Then that said, seven years precedes me. So moving right along, I did not go to either one of the Woodstocks, but I gone to uh, a bunch of Warp tours and. Um, and then I've been to everything from, you know, from like stadium shows with Iron Maiden to little rinky dink, you know, CBGB shows, you know, shows in a closet, backyards, things, you know, shows at uh, the People with AIDS Center on Long Island, New York, otherwise known as the PWAC, the House of Hardcore that ECW didn't build. So it's fair to, it's, it's fair to say I have been to one or two concerts in my life. What I'm getting at is the crowds that these things attract are nothing new to me. It was to him. And he looked at me at one point and he said, this is the, now mind you, this is Tampa, Florida. It, it's hot as hell outside. So some of this, I think you have to forgive the crowd for. But he looked at me and he goes, these are the scummiest, 
dirtiest, freakiest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and you know, and I, and I, I, I train in like BJJ dojos and stuff like that. I've seen some weirdos in my time, but yeah, this this takes the cake. And to his credit, these shows really are attracting the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants from X Men Three. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> including the blob. I really did half expect Magneto to like rise up above them. I mean. You know, you 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 get, and first of all, you do get like uh, every age. I mean, I saw like a three-year-old there, um, <laughs> you know, like two or three-year-old running around. His parents look like they were both meth users chasing after him, you know, and I to all the way to like fifty, sixty, seventy years old. So it it really has run the gamut, but. Uh, you know, there was dudes dressed as girls, girls dressed as guys. Every, you know, a lot of black, obviously, a lot of spikes, a lot of dark makeup, a lot of piercings, a lot of tattoos. It uh, it very much resembled, you know, the bar from the cantina. Oh, sorry, the, the cantina scene from Star Wars: Run Amok. Uh, Uber oh, Alex, if you will. So, um, it didn't bother me, but he, but he was like. He was a little freaked out at first, which is hilarious because, you know, last year when I brought my wife, she had kind of a similar experience. She was like, fuck, where did you bring me? Am I going to live through this? I'm like, you'll be fine. Sister Hazel girl. Um, But one of the things that I have been complaining about for years now, and like I said, I always go in the mosh pit. I always say I'm not going to, but sometimes the rhythm gets you and, you know, and I go in. And I'm one of these guys who... You know, I do the old hardcore, you know, dancing kind of a thing. I don't, I don't, I don't dig on the whole push pit idea. I don't like the push pit. I know it's it can't be helped anymore, but I do my own thing, and some people catch on and they'll do it and kind of knocks the push pit guys out of things because they don't know what to do. But I feel yeah, like yeah, I'm a push pit. I'm more of a push pit type of person. I'm not much for the hardcore dancing. I'm too um, white. <laughs> but um you know I think you know you do what you, you got to do but what I think drives me crazy is like the guys who will I mean and I'm going to I'm going to put this out in the form of a question Robert so I can bring you into this I feel mm-hmm. like the whole concept of moshing ha- is now lost on people like if you think about mm-hmm. if you think yeah. about like the evolution of slam dancing right what well, was slam dancing? Slam dancing was dancing, but you would go to shows that were about the size of my daughter's bedroom, and <laughs> there was and between the bar and the band, there wasn't a whole lot of room in there. But the but the you know but it was punk rock music, so it was very frenetic and very fast and raucous, and people were jumping up and down and dancing, and they would bang into each other, and that kind of got the whole thing going. But it was natural, you know. It was a reaction to the music no one was no there was no commandment from the band that i could recall um you know back in that back in the like the onset of punk rock music that evolved into heavy metal um i don't recall a lot of the bands necessarily demanding that everyone do a circle pit you know um it just it was just a series of moments and now fast forward decades into the future, and you've got these bands that, you know, that, my God, Five Figure Death Punch was the absolute worst about this. 
instead of just letting the crowd kind of develop its own thing, you know, its own reaction to the music, he's like, okay, everyone, do a circle pit, you know, and it was like, this is the exact opposite of what was supposed to be the heart. Oh, don't get me started. But this was this is the exact opposite of what is supposed to be the heart and soul of rock and roll. The heart and soul of rock and roll is rebellion, and we're all blindly following the bro in the in, in the basketball jersey, telling us what to do to his music. See, I, told I you. think that the, the band I think is so that bro-y. the purpose. But it's not just oh. him. I mean, you know, well, yeah, the boat. I'm saying that, like, uh, well, yeah, Bodum, they're kind of broy too, but I, they make up for them, oh, in my opinion. But I don't like well, that. Well, I was going to say, Bodum didn't really do that, you know, but I mean, a lot of bands do. And, and this is a yeah, constant. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. If you command, like, you know, if you command the crowd to do something, unless it's like, you know, sing along or something, that's cool. You know, that's fine. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's see a circle pit. And I'm like, Dude, if they don't want to do the circle, if they want to do the circle pit, they'll do the circle pit. Trust me. Right. I've I, I've been to all of one concert, and the circle pit kind of spontaneously formed, as awful as it was. Like, mm, like you know, even I don't like hardcore dancing that much, but I take that. Like that formed pretty, like Red Fang. I saw when I was seeing Red Fang front row. I look back and there's like this, like three kids doing hardcore dancing in a pit. That's cool. But you don't if you just go order like oh to see the circle pit. It's Feels manufactured. There's no real, there's no, there's no real spontaneity to it. There's nothing like from the heart. It's just, oh okay. God, I remember I saw uh, I saw Kimira back at Irving Plaza uh, a couple of years back. Back when I was living in New York. How many times can I say the word back now? Um, and I remember they commanded everyone to do a wall of death, otherwise known as a brave heart. And uh, the wall of death. It was fun at the time. But I remember the singer from Kimaru was like, "Yeah, we do this at every show." Well, if that's not the the like anti spontaneous, you know, and that's the whole thing with like the wall of death. It was you know one of these things where everyone was just like, "Ah!" and they would just run at the other side to get the mosh pit yeah. going. There were just different things you could do to get a, you know for for guys that wanted to make a make a mosh pit bigger to get the crowd kind of into it and get get things going. And, and 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 I feel like we don't need the help of the band. You know what the band's job should be? Fucking play. That's what the band's job should be. And to make spend... you want to start that pit. Right. I mean, if I feel like getting up and dancing, if the rhythm gets me so, I'll go and do it. And and I, your responsibility is to play good enough that I want to. Yeah. And it's and instead they're too busy being aerobics instructors. You know. Uh yeah. I just, I don't, I, I don't like, like, you know, if a band commands for the fans, like, you know, maybe sing along or do something, that's fine. But when you orchestrate something like a fit now, if it's a band like Exodus or Lamb of God who have, like, one song that they play and everybody knows it and then they do the pit, that's cool. Because that's not, that's just, like, one of those assumed things. Like, it's going to happen. Everybody knows it's going to happen. Nobody has to say it. Say it. Now, if you're like, hey, we get a wall of death at every one of our shows. Well, that's nice. If we don't have one here, maybe you're doing something wrong, Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, regardless of whether or not they do um, financially well, in regardless of whether or not they have uh, worldwide notoriety, there's a mainstreaming of heavy metal in all of its various subgenres that yes. 
absolutely destroys the spirit of it. That now it's just people playing fast and loud and, and maybe talking about dark things, but there's no inherent rebellion in the music anymore. And me, you know, oh, you're like, the you're, you're like 12, 13 years old, Robert. I mean, what do the kids listen to that? that, <laughs> that Shut up, grandpa. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, where is the rebellion in music? Where, where, you know, is, does it even exist anymore? Is it all gone? And if it is, I'm going to be mighty sad. I don't. Th- I don't think it's gone. Like you know, you you read my column, you know, once or twice. You, like you know, I cover every almost every release during you know that I see coming out during the week. I've come across like there's some really good stuff that I've found, and it's like most of it's like most of it's been really good death metal. I haven't found like a whole bunch of the other stuff that's been that great this year, but it, I feel like it's people are trying to live up to like the intensity of like Old Slayer and Metallica. They're trying to live up to it, and it's not coming naturally. It's manufactured because they're trying way too fucking hard. That's I feel like that's the problem with now. I mean, yeah, you still do have your bands that do. They do that. They are legitimately just as intense as the old bands. But I think too many people are trying to do something that they're just that they're not meant to do yet. Yeah, that's, well, that's how I'll say it. I th- I don't I think you really touched on the heart of the matter, and that is there's, um, it's just not genuine. You know, we talked about this with Black Sabbath two weeks ago, where people reacted the way that they did because of the time that they lived in and because of the emotions that they were feeling that the music uh, invoked or tapped into. Um, there was always some like deep-seated stuff going on. And in the absence of all of that, uh, they're trying to recreate those moments where they're just not natural. Um, you know, I'd almost rather people stop moshing because it just doesn't, it doesn't feel, uh, genuine. You know, I feel like people mosh because they feel like, oh, this is an opportunity to hurt someone and I'm too much of a pussy to go start a fight, you know, or I, you know, I don't want to go to jail and you know, you go to jail for looking at somebody the wrong way now. So, I mean, instead of sort of just giving yourself over to the music, it's like, oh, good. You know, I, I, can't, I, I can't play football anymore. Let me go take out the small kid in the mosh pit. Let me go punch people on the outside of the pit. Those are the biggest assholes. Uh, I want to stand at the edge and hit people. Yeah, just, the, just, the whole... Hmm. I was going to say, just as an aside, um, I want to talk a little bit about the bands, and then, I, and then we'll, we'll get over to Children of Bodom. But... Um, I, I went I went for Children of Bodom and Five Finger Death Punch pretty much and I specifically wanted to hear them play um Five Finger Death Punch that is uh War is the Answer and uh Way of the Fist. They played neither. They played a lot of stuff from American Capitalist. They played some stuff from whatever the new album is called, World's Finest or something along those lines. Um Grab that one, volume one. Yeah. Um the Superman Batman team up volume one. Um, whatever, whatever the name of the new album is, they played uh, White Knuckle. They played some other stuff. Um, they played Bad Company. But the point that I was getting to is uh, the singer, the bro, the lead bro, the, bro, the lead bro of the band of bros. Yeah, that's what, that's what the that's what the show should have been about. Band yeah. of bros. <laughs> um, spent more time talking and doing like skits uh. and stuff. 
like there was a bit like during during what, where he got a bunch of kids on the stage. He goes, "This is the future right here. This is the future oh of heavy metal." God. And I was just like, "Seriously, shut the fuck up!" Because if that's the I future wanna... of heavy metal, I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my kid into classical music. Was it a bunch of sing kids? Huh? Was it a bunch of sing? Was it a bunch of sing kids? Like hard, um, you know. The, you my know eyesight's not kids. good enough that I could tell. They just look like young kids to me who weren't sure oh. why they were up there. But oh, like okay. this is what, like but this is like kids. like the whole thing was he got a bunch of kids up on stage and then commanded the guys in the pit to do a circle pit and it's like you're being judged by children now and it's like really why don't you just play a song? That is oh that is annoying. Yeah, that like that just annoys me and I didn't even go like I, like I don't I'm not a fan of the band so yeah but really <laughs> like you know say what you want about bands that don't say anything. I mean, yeah, there are plenty of bands that don't talk to the crowd. That is kind of annoying, too, because you're like, you're not going to acknowledge us. But when you when you bring kids on stage, you're like, this is your future heavy metal. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the future. Go away. Play music. <laughs> I would like to not be reminded about the future. That's why I'm here tonight. I can go home and worry about the future. <laughs> Man. So retarded. Um, see, see, I was hoping you'd come back and be like, yeah, you know, they had a really solid show, and then I could be like, wow, maybe Mark's right. This band is pretty awesome. Nope. The thing I, is, I is, is like, uh, they played fine. They were, they were, I mean, like, when they were playing music, I was enjoying myself. When he stopped to talk, I wanted to shoot him. Because it was, you know, like, he wasn't quite full-on solemn, but at least the, and that's the other thing. There's a certain amount of polish now in heavy metal that I feel, that again, takes away from the raw, uh, rebellious feeling that heavy metal is supposed to embody. So, you know, the the band's tight. Don't get me wrong. The band's tight. They play well. They're entertaining. And then he'd stop and go into this big, long speech about God only knows what. And I was like, seriously, shut up and play. I, I turn into Laura Ingram, the, you know, the crotchety conservative uh, radio talk show host. Shut up and sing! <laughs> That's me the entire time. Um, oh, I was I was doing bits. By, by midway through this show, I'm like, talk, you know, I sat in the aisle and um, at the, I don't know, whatever the name of the amphitheater is this week, because it changes repeatedly. Um, used to be the Ford Amphitheater, then it was the 1-800-S Gary Amphitheater. Now I think it's the Live Nation Amphitheater. <laughs> No, no, no wow. joke. That is that really was a one eight hundred ask Gary at one point. Um, that is I awful. Talking, I was talking to one of the ushers and I started doing bits, man. I was doing comedy bits. I was just like, you know, I was yelling, "Get off my lawn!" You know, I was like, I was demanding to talk to the manager because it was too hot in the outdoor arena. Um, you know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> oh, we were having a ball. It's gonna melt my, it's gonna melt my dentures. <laughs> But, I mean, this is what it drove me to. And then we left before Rob Zombie came on because I had just about had enough, and so did my friend. And neither one of us were interested in yeah. seeing Rob Zombie anymore. Um, yeah, right, that's top... what happened. Uh, that, 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 that's what happened when we went until uh, 2011. We were like, Magnus done. I don't care about Godsmack. Bye. Um, so because I had to work and my friend had to work, we didn't get there until about 4 o'clock. Um, we missed the beginning of Machine Head, but I got to see about half the show. Did not hear Davidian. Very disappointed about that. Yeah, they but, don't. They didn't play it when I saw them, and that was that was the only song like I was really looking forward to. Yeah, let freedom ring with a shotgun blast. Um, yeah, but no, no Davidian that I could tell. The Machine Head was fine. Um, children of both, and then for some odd reason, my friend was like, 
yeah, one of those songs that that that, la- that first band that we saw play, they sound kind of like Dragon Force, and I'm like, what? Um, I'm not uh, sure what he was. Lucky, he, lucky the music <laughs> judge chicken. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wasn't sure what he was keying into there, but he insisted, so I've been making fun of him ever since. So I, uh, I, I just, I just, I don't know how he got from Machine Head to Dragon Force, but I digress. Uh, Quite a jump. Yeah, Children of Bodom was fine. Um, you know, because you know they they were playing on the outdoor stage. They don't have a tremendously long set they can play, but I mean it was yeah. just enough. I think you know it was good enough that for like I counted them as sort of like an opening band. So for an opening band, they were fine. Um, I had fun in the pit. It was hot as balls out. It was like a hundred degrees outside that day. So I was like, yeah, I I boshed a little bit, but not a tremendous amount. And then and we went over to the charging main... like five dollars, five dollars for water. Yeah, right. about yeah, about five dollars for water. Come to think of it. Um, yep. All right, so we moved over to the main stage. Now, get excited, Robert. Get just just okay. Just get get ready. First band up, Amana Marth. Love them. I am now obsessed oh. with Destroyer of the Universe. That's my walkout. Oh, music. dude, I, I fucking love Destroyer of the Universe. What a great right, song. So they opened with that. They opened with Destroyer oh, yeah. of the Universe, and I was like, fuck yeah. It's like the highlight of my night. So, yeah, because uh, uh, it's got that great kind of elite, like kind of just kind of slowly leads in. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, yeah, I love this song. Did they play anything off the new album? Yeah, they played... They played Deceiver of the Gods, um, which I'm still Great hoping talk. you'll, I'm still hoping that you'll want to review that album in two weeks. Uh, it was good. Like I said, oh, okay. their whole, their set was good. Um, they they made me a fan because I hadn't really been that familiar with them before that, but uh, I am now, and I'm excited to to listen to Deceiver of the Gods. Uh, I'll still like like on my way to work if I'm starting to feel tired and I don't listen to podcasts anymore. Now I'm throwing on now now the song of the day has replaced. Uh, that has replaced Hatebreed is Destroyer of the Universe. I'll just listen to that on a loop. You know one of their albums is on Spotify? Their first album. One of, yeah, one of them, but not the one, one with Destroyer of the Universe. Uh, no, One Sense of the Golden Hollows is their first one, and it's really good. I think Deceiver of the Gods is actually on Spotify now. Hmm, it might be. Um, yeah. All right, so, so, so the next one... They're giving away for free. So the next one... Um, for the second time in a row that I've seen this band live, I Mastodon? took a nap. Yep, took a nap oh, during Mastodon. I fell asleep. I are they really just, boring? Yes, they are. Um, like they've come a long way since Blood and Thunder, and not a good way. Like now, it's like somebody gave them a Pink Floyd album, and we're like, yeah, let's do that. I so. yeah, I could see how you would. Like, because I know you don't like exactly the slower stuff. Because I, I love Cactus Guy. I didn't listen to The Hunter yet. But, yeah, they're last in comparison uh, Blood Mountain to, uh, uh, like, a, you know, Grand Sky. It went from a, kind of a really heavier sound to a more progressive ambient sort of thing. My friend was jealous because he works two jobs. Um, he works in a kitchen, then he works as a security guard. And he doesn't get a tremendous amount of sleep, and he was getting really tired. And he looked over at me. <laughs> I was out cold. Like, I there, I, will, <laughs> I just remember shutting my eyes and, like, kind of tilting my head, and Mastodon's on. The next thing I know, my friend's just text, sending people me, uh, text messages of a picture of me sleeping. I know who's going up on to Facebook now. <laughs> so, yeah, old man Rattledge fell asleep. This is, and this is not the first time I have fallen asleep at a metal concert. I once... Sat on the uh, speaker 
at a Power Man, I think it was uh, Power Man 5000. Uh, actually, it was during Static X. Static X and Dope opened for Power Man 5000, and I saw them at the Palladium in Los Angeles. And I was sitting on a speaker during Static X, passed out cold, and only Where woke up. That? And I, who knows? Um, I couldn't tell you I was asleep. <laughs> but um, I know that I woke up when they played a cover of Burning Inside by Ministry. Well, yeah, because it's a cover, and there's not such thing as a bad cover. That's right. And I, I don't know what more can I say about Five Finger Death Punch. Um, it was uh, it was brotacular. It was it was brotabulous. It made me want to put my hat on backwards, throw on my favorite Miami Heat jersey, and talk more Bad than I play. Pain. It reminds me of what my guy my aunt was telling me about once with the uh, uh, was a Van Halen concert in the '80s. David Lee Ross was like high as a kite, and all he would do was talk about how high he was instead of playing with the band. Yeah, that's that's what this felt like. Only it was much more broy. <laughs> that would be funny. David Lee Roth brings like these old women. Like this is the future of America. <laughs> the future uh, of metal. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I, I would have left during before Rob Zombie as well. Because eh. <laughs> like, I yeah. like Rob Zombie. He's fine, but I like him a white zombie much more. So I still kind of wish Korean Zombie would have won just so I could call into the podcast and sing some white zombie with y'all. Would have been a much more fun but, show. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't quite finish it yet, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fire Machida. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Machida, put, Machida in, put Machida in undercard hell. There you go. All right. Speaking yeah. of undercard. Because you'll watch it anyways, because you have to review it. Yes, I do. All right, speaking of uh, Undercard Hell, we're going to move straight on into... um, So that was my my Rockstar Mayhem experience. And I I did go to see Children of Bodom. Children of Bodom are one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I fell in love with the band mostly because of the keyboard playing and just their their whole take on... I mean, I, I love a lot of the European metal bands, and they're probably one of the one of the best, most interesting bands I've heard in the last ten years. This is their eighth album, their eighth studio album, uh, Halo of Blood, and um, we're gonna just move right into this. Get right, get started. This is the first track off of Halo of Blood. This is Waste of Skin.
All right, so that tells you all you need to know about Children of Bodom right there. I mean, that is the Children of Bodom sound, and it's amazing. It's I, I said it before, and I, I want your reaction to this. They are one of the most interesting-sounding bands in metal today, and that song is an example of why. Uh, I can agree with that. This is definitely closer to their classic sound. Much because this album, like I'm wearing my Fall of the Reaper shirt right now, because it's a great album. Yeah, this uh, this song right here really kind of shows that they're back to doing what they did at the beginning, which was more of the death metal with lots of keyboard and lots of guitar. And it was, it was quite dandy. Uh, I enjoyed the song. I was because you know when I heard first heard about the album, I'm like okay, Children of Bodom are pretty solid, but. Sometimes they can hit and miss with their weird covers and whatnot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I enjoy uh, their weird covers. Oh yeah, oh I, I having Eddie Murphy having an Eddie Murphy song played with a metal band is kind of, it's kind of surreal. <laughs> but yeah, when I first because when I first heard this, because you know Children of Bodom sometimes get a bad rap because they're like, oh they sold out, which I'm like, yeah they sold out the whole stadium. <laughs> yeah, because we all know that joke. <laughs> Thank you, Jason yeah. Newstead. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's got a new, his new album came out this week. We're good. But uh, yeah, this because you know they get a lot of bad rap, and so I was like, ah, well, you know, I know Mark wants to review this album, so I'm gonna remain positive. And then I heard it, and I was like, okay, it's pretty fucking good. Especially what, the um, awesome album cover. All right, wait a minute now. What what is your issue here? I feel like you were re- somehow resistant to this band in some in some way, and. I don't know how I feel about that. Explain yourself. What is your problem with Children of Bodom? Well, was, a lot of it was really the bad reputation they had. They Talk to me a about lot that. Of the well, I, I don't know. Okay, well, just I don't know what you're talking going, about. Um, go ahead. Well, a lot of like the metal, like the metal community, like the internet people, you know, some of the some of the metal elitists and whatnot. A lot of them don't like a lot of uh, Bodum's material after after about the third or fourth album, which you know I don't know too much of it off of it, but what I have heard, I, did, I didn't feel like it sounded it sounded much more watered down. It didn't sound quite as much like you know it didn't sound feel like as much like death metal to me. It felt like watered down death metal, like more too much melody, not enough death metal. But don't we like yeah. melody? Isn't you know, and, and and do we not have enough patience to listen to something that is outside of um, the accepted norms, or is that just the problem? Is that it's too far outside the accepted norms, and therefore it must be rejected, burned, burned? I tell you, no, like just too far outside of what made them good. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I mean, it's not just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, hell. The album Orphan Land, the one I had Jeremy Thomas like loving to death. That album just dropped all their death metal and a lot of their prog metal stuff and went more folk and symphonic metal. That's fine if you can make it work. Now, if you go, if if you're like a melodic death metal band, right, and you kind of have death metal with some melody, it's like okay, that's cool. But then if you go too much with the melody and not enough with the death metal, sometimes like if you you mix up the formula, it doesn't turn out right. Like New Coke. <laughs> um, I'm fascinated by this because, like I said, I, I haven't really been – I've always been sort of an outsider within the metal community. Um, you know, I like I like what I like. I avoid what I don't like, and I'm not really worried about 
uh, I mean, until I really started doing this podcast, I never really even thought about what were the um, what, what were the accepted norms or what, what, what was in vogue or in style or anything like that. Uh, it was about Mark and what does Mark like because Mark's the one paying for it or um, stealing it off the internet. So I don't really care. But um, and I remember when my friend turned me on to Children of Bodom, I was like, huh. The way that the guy plays the keyboard, I'm like, that's 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 different. That's fascinating. And to to the to this point, as somebody who has been listening to death metal since high school, way back <laughs> twenty almost thirty years ago, um, what I found with a lot of the old grindcore and death metal was it was the same that if you played a lot of that stuff and didn't tell me who it was, I couldn't tell you who it was either. There were some, you could pick out some things that were distinct, but I mean, come on, was there really that much difference between, say, Cannibal Corpse, Deicide, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Napalm Death somewhat sound, sounded somewhat different, but not a tremendous amount, not so much different than a lot of other grindcore bands. So that being said, I was uh, I was ready to hear something that was off the beaten path. And I think maybe that's why I tend to weigh in favor Children of Bodom over a lot of other bands is because I don't know too many other bands that sound anything like them. And I don't want to hear the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I can appreciate a band who colors outside the lines. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly understand that. Actually, if you know a band that sounds like, sound like this, I think I sent them to you already. Call Ma. Like, they had an album yeah. come out, like, the week after this. Like, in, in my metal rankings, like, Children of Bodom was really high, and then I was that call my album. I'm like, yeah, gotcha. I, just, uh, I don't want to put it over Children of Bodom, but I, I, I did. <laughs> I mean, they're both really high up on my, like, top list. I love both these, uh, both of those albums. But, yeah, that call my album, it, it sounds a lot like this. Uh, yeah, reading, after reading Will on the Internet, I, I think I could put it more into perspective of a lot of people think they delved more towards metalcore. Rather than how? How, do how, you, did they, well, how how does this sound anything like hate breed? Well, that's uh, that's well, that's a different than metalcore, honestly. I don't I don't can't put hate breed in, in metalcore. I put them in hardcore metal. <laughs> and on that note, here's the title track of this album: Halo of Blood.
on Halo of Blood, you can definitely hear them reaching back into their black metal roots. Um, that's probably one of the more black metal, uh, traditional black, European black metal sounding songs I've heard from them um, in a number of albums now. I mean, I know, you know, we were just talking about how they, they t- tended to move into a more mainstream sounding um, version of what it is that they do with the last couple of albums. This one definitely harkens back to the early uh, Children of Bodom, and, and definitely uh, there's an echo of the old traditional European black metal on this particular track. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Actually, I think probably maybe that's one of the things. Cause I, I'll be honest, like when it came to like the newer Children of Bodom, I've stayed away from it just because of the reputation. Because <laughs> I've been I've hit on stuff like you know like Father the Reaper and. Well, you know, all that other, the, the earlier stuff that does it does have a black metal quality, especially to the vocals. Like the vocals, they, I don't think Lysileo really goes that much different than the newer stuff I've heard. But it's, it's not as it's not as how do I put it? The influence isn't as much there. Like this one, as you said, it sounds more like their, you know, it sounds more like their older stuff, which is you know what a lot of people like. You know how metalheads are. I do know how metalheads are. They like to do yeah. uh, circle pits when the bro tells them to. Those aren't metalheads. Those are douchebags at a metal shoe. <laughs> and, and what's the difference these days, Robert? Uh, what's geez, the difference? Geez, geez. I was waiting for you to say that because I was going to make that joke if you weren't going to make, make that joke. <laughs> I mean, there is a, there is a difference. Because one, I don't think many metalheads really would do a circle pit because that looks like they're doing a damn breast cancer marathon, but they ran out of room. <laughs> I uh, I went to work um, on Monday, and I'm oh, sorry, it was it was Thursday or Friday last week. It was after the concert, and the concert was on a Wednesday. And uh, people were asking me where I was, and I said I was at a concert, and they were and they were like, well, "What'd you go see?" And I was telling them the names of the bands, like I do. And uh, they were like, oh. watching their faces. Yeah, and uh, and then somehow or other, the concept of moshing came up. And they were like, what do you – I think somebody asked, like, what do you do with these shows? I'm like, all right, I go in the mosh pit. And they're like, what's a mosh pit? Um, and actually the lieutenant, the very Barbie-looking lieutenant, um, as, as in, you know, like Barbie the Mattel doll for girls. Um, I yeah. mean, this very pretty blonde woman you would not think was into metal – was knew exactly what I was talking about. Knew the band was like, oh yeah, we wanted to go to Rockstar Mayhem, but I'd already taken a weekend off. And I'm like, Mrah. you know, so you never judge a book by its cover. But um, but the uh, but her sergeants were at, were questioning me about it because this was not particularly in their wheelhouse culturally, and um, they were like, so what's moshing and what is it that you do and how is that different from just pushing people around? And I'm like, oh for God's sake, just go on YouTube and watch. The uh, step down video by Sick of It All, dude. <laughs> that was my go to thing for the entire day because every time somebody asked me what moshing was, I'm just like, just watch this video. That's what I, that that's what I do all day long. And now I've got people in the jail doing pickup change. Picking up change. Yes, Lordy. I I I have people picking up change in the jail in their uniforms. <laughs> 
I, I I think this is the good thing. I think this is a you know a cultural phenomenon that I that I want to. It's kind of like Clucky the MMA judge. People are picking it up and running with it, and you know, and, and I feel uh, proud of that. I, I used it in my uh, fact of fiction for the for uh, the aforementioned question I talked to you about. <laughs> I'm like, Machida can't be mad because you know he, he should have watched this the, the the fights before his and known that Clucky the MMA chicken was around. <laughs> There weren't too many uh, – Clucky didn't – on UFC 163, Clucky did not really make his presence known until that fight. Um, all right, let's go on here to track three. This is Scream for Silence. Much more of a jarring 
medium, you know? It, it, yeah, not, it is. You know, most people are not going to be really into it. It's just it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is true. And it actually, yeah, Halo Blood did pretty pretty solid on the uh, billboard charts. I mean, it didn't blow the world away. Like, Aim on Mars, like, we, I think we will be doing that next week. They got, like, number 18 on the uh, billboard charts, which is astounding. I think Children of Bone was, like, 30 or 40, something. I can't quite remember. Um. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot to say about this particular track. It was, you know, kind of all right. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was, maybe it was, that's cool. Maybe there was no oops, I did it again. Hurt me, baby, one more time. <laughs> okay. Um. Again, I don't want to force it. If we don't really have anything to say about something, let's just move on. This was actually the first single that they uh, released back in April. Um. This is. The name of the song is called Transference. Yeah, they released the first single, Transference, April 24th, 2013. So here it is. Keeps rolling along. Um, it's hard to find anything more to say about. I mean, about some of these songs where I can't remember which album we were talking about. Where it's like, okay, well, it's a solid effort. It's what they do. I don't have much more to say about it than that. Uh, was it was it Fintroll? Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of some of the Fintroll songs. Like, okay, yeah, we know what to do. That's what they do. Okay, next. Oh yeah, I found this was pretty. It was a pretty solid single. It was. It was not one of the most spectacular songs because I have I have like five songs and I start on Spotify that I love. And this one is like okay, it's got, it does a pretty good lead in with the instruments and everything. But 
overall, like, the beat and content. This is a pretty cut-and-dry song. There was nothing really just, like, pant-sneezing. Pant amazing. Did you see the video for this song? I did, but I don't remember it, because I watched she cut, a lot of There's a girl who, like, cuts her wrist right at the beginning of it. Yeah, okay. I think I remember this now, yeah. Can we go ahead and say that, um, as far as a visual thing is concerned, maybe band should stop featuring people cutting themselves? I mean... At this point, what is it that you're trying to tell us about, you know, now now girls cut themselves in school because other girls cut themselves in school and get a lot of attention for it. I mean, really, uh, is, is this the sort of thing we need to promote? Can't, can't, uh, band, was, can't bands find uh, something else to do to, to, to kind of show off their music? Yeah, yeah. This, there was this one girl when I was in high school. She had something written on her arm, and like, and then she had like these Frankenstein scars, and then she came back from the bathroom halfway during class, and it was all bloody and everything. And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, some people. Yeah, I don't know if she wanted. It. I think she wanted attention. I didn't like the girl very much because she was really smart, but she was really obnoxious and attention-seeking, and that is my job, damn it! And you cannot jerk my job. Why did you shave your beard? Because okay, story time. So. My mom was like, okay, there's this place called 13 Bones that is uh, about 10 minutes away. It's a steak, steak ribbon, ribbon duck days. And my mom's like, okay, they're opening, they, they're opening, and we're going to go eat there. So you should shave and get a job because I need a job. So she's like, but if you show up looking all bearded and scruffy and stuff, nobody's going to fucking hire you, especially in the, uh, you know, especially in the, the food, the food uh, vending business. You know the, the food industry. So yeah, I, she made me shave, or else I was going to get thrown out of the house. So yeah, and then we didn't end up eating at the place anyways, which pissed me off more than anything. Because maybe I, your mom was I, just I, messing with you. No, no, she's actually quite serious because she's been wanting me to get a job because my university plans are really falling through because my the university I've applied to is a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> well, at least they're. Uh, Admissions department to piece of shit. I'm not going to say that reflects on the whole school. Yeah, they're they're really bad at communicating. They're even worse than me. I'm awful with communication. <laughs> but yeah, she made she made me shave, so I look like a what was it? Uh, uh, Tim Schafer, Jack Black, and Robert De Niro with diabetes. That was my favorite comment. Robert De Niro with diabetes. That was my favorite one. You went from looking like some uh, metal guy. This was a metalhead I know from uh, from England. And he's like, yeah, you went from looking like this guy to <laughs> diabetic Robert De Niro. I'm like, that is so great. Like, <laughs> I, I thought it was great, but I really did miss my beard because it, it really did have a lot of personality to it. Okay. But don't worry. In about two, two months, it'll be back unless I'm employed, which I might get employed because a buddy of mine uh, works at a – he does he does offloading at a truck truck job truck job at a uh, old Dominion freight. So yeah, it's like a truck on he unloads trucks and they need somebody to clean the docks at the trucks over the weekend. So hey, ten dollars ten dollars an hour, ten hours for ten hours a day, two days, two hundred bucks a weekend, not bad. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on I mean, to track hey, five. You know, if we have nothing to say about the song, why not just talk about whatever? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I am listening to you, but I'm also trying to find an, a a compendium of DC Comics 
that has World's Finest issue number 302, which if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you should look at my Facebook page. It's um, I had this comic book when I was a kid. It's Batman wearing a pair of kryptonite gloves, punching Superman up in his mush. And one of his oh, eyes Frank is Miller black. Would be, Frank Miller would be proud. Yeah, and I'm trying, and I don't remember like what the issue was about or anything, but I do. I had remembered with all this talk of the Batman Superman movie coming out in a couple of years, um, I uh, I had remembered that there was that that cover of that comic from when I was a kid. I mean, it came out in like God, what what year was this? Um, it was like 1980. Yeah, um, it was like 1984, perhaps 83, 84, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, nice, April 1st, 1984. So I had that comic book when I was a kid, and I remembered, like, it just looked awesome to me. You know, it was Batman, classic Batman oh, punching neat. Superman. Yeah, you you, talk, you see what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it's I pretty had Kevin in it, because Kevin works at a comic shop. <laughs> and his dad in a comic shop. So maybe he'll be able to help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so yeah, really so I've been... Neat. So while we're spending, I told my wife all I want for Christmas is for her to get that, um, like get get a poster of that framed so that I can hang it on my wall because it looks like the most awesome thing ever. Yeah, it, it does. It's like fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Superman. I'm gonna punch you like twenty three years earlier <laughs> <laughs> now. So when Superman Returns comes out, you'll be feeling this again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it, it came up because, like I said, that all this talk of the Superman-Batman movie coming out in a few years, and I was like, you know, as far as, like, plots go, and I know that they wanted sort of some base it off of that line from The Dark Knight, you know, just know that, um, you know, Batman's hand on Superman's throat, know that I almost beat you. And I recently watched the Justice League movie, Doom, which I'm not going to go off the tangent with this. Uh, but I had proposed that like DC should just bite the bullet and make that the first Justice League movie, and of course, uh, he who never agrees with me disagreed with me. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm really happy that I did a podcast where me and him were on the same page and knew what each other was talking about because I could see the two of us having fun. Yeah. If we uh, if we if we ever got into it, then again, no, then again, I'm only argumentative with people in person. So the bottom have, line was I was I was I I was trying to figure out what the backstory is the super the Batman punching Superman up in his mush, and uh, I'm trying so now I'm trying to instead of just buying the comic I'm trying to see if there's a compendulum of world's finest comics that has that issue as part of it and as near as I can tell it does not exist yet um, I've been looking all night for this but I've been doing that as we've been doing a podcast if they sound somewhat distracted which I shouldn't so uh, to kill. <laughs> <laughs> not too much. So, as, so as to not distract myself, here we are with another song. This is Bottom Blue Moon. <laughs>
that was a rollicking tune. I did. I I I love that this track. It was just it was like the first two. It was like it was like rocket fuel on the campfire. It, it was just out the gate, just crazy technical everywhere. With your, I do love the keyboards and the guitar combo. I just absolutely adore it. It is a great combination of you know of instruments, especially when it works. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it not work before. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, it's, it's a great song. It's a great, fast, heavy song. Um, you know, it's more of bottom doom, bottom doom, bottom does. But uh, I find it funny that you're like, oh, you know, um, I love this combination. Not but a half an hour ago, we were talking about how this is, you know, that sort of thing is so far outside the scope of what preconceived notions of metal should be that it actually is very jarring for people. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've heard never been through this before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I've, it's not something I hear every day, but like stuff, like I'm trying to think, gosh, uh, Amorphous. Amorphous does this too. You might like Amorphous. Yeah, I mean, there's, this, this isn't as rare as like, let's say every, half the stuff Mike Patton does, but I mean, this isn't, this isn't your run of the, <laughs> run of the mill thrash metal album either. Mike Patton is the Leota Machida of my life. <laughs> You you want everybody to cut cut Mike Patton? <laughs> yes, cut Mike Patton. I'm talking. He, he is he is a musical equivalent of walking uh, of circling and and counter striking and not doing enough to win the fight. Because that is doing enough to win the fight. You know, he's funny. Rory McDonald versus Leota Machida. Oh my God! Time would stand still. <laughs> Throw in Caleb Starnes as the referee. <laughs> With Damian Maya on commentary. But Damian Maya at middleweight. <laughs> oh, God, with Vitor Belfort. <laughs> you know, people, we were Vitor talking Belfort. about... We were talking about that on the show, like, you know... You know what, what's going to happen with Johnny Hendricks? And I said Johnny Hendricks is going to do the same exact thing that everybody else does: be overcome by dragon fear and stand there while, while GSP jabs him in the eye for twenty-five minutes. Or smother hump him to death. <laughs> no, could, I, could you imagine? Vitor Belfort would be the Booker T on commentary. You'd be like, "Oh, Chucky, Chucky, <laughs> quack, quack." <laughs> And and uh, with the sucky sucky quack quack, your days are numbered.
that's a good song. Um, nice and heavy, thrashy. I like the uh, the chorus. You know, your days are numbered. You know, really angry song. I think they actually played it in concert. Um, good stuff to get you circle pitting. You know, get your boot scooting in the circle in the mosh pit. Your days are numbered, Mister Robert Cooper. My days are numbered in the circle pit, maybe. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, you know, raising money for breast cancer is is very important, but you don't need to be do it in the middle of my mosh pit. <laughs> I like to I liken it to the running of the bulls in a circle. Oh, I had a friend. <laughs> we were doing something. Maybe you were running. You were running from sloths, maybe. I remember uh, my uh, girlfriend of mine, um, and by that I mean she was a friend who happened to have a vagina. Um, she was driving a bunch of us home one night. We were watching movies at the house, and she was driving us home. And uh, we were trying to give her directions, and one of my friends yells out, Make the next four right. That's a circle. <laughs> Needless to say, she was not tremendously thrilled with us that night. <laughs> it, 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 it happens. <laughs> yes, it's circle pits. Oh man, I, st- I still can't get over those. But yeah, this song, this song was fine. Like, like I said, this is one of those albums. Like, I think everything's pretty good. Mm. But the fact that, it, but the fact that it's pretty good, and the fact that the things that make it pretty good, kind of sort of are all the uh, similar, makes it hard to really talk about it. Now, when we get to Amon and Mark next week, uh, or uh, in two weeks, I'm gonna have the opposite problem because I'm so obsessed with that band even though it sounds the same I can talk about it all day okay I think um, I think we're just going to then kind of get through the rest of these tracks and then because uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where it's it's a it's a it's an album that I could definitely listen to more than once and it's certainly a good album I, I would give it a solid seven the problem is I don't have a whole lot to say about it because it's still it's a lot of the same stuff you know, it, it, it's still interesting enough and it's still different enough that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, throw it in the same category as a Cannibal Corpse. But, you know, it's... Um, hey, that last it, Cannibal Corpse album, believe it or not, had, like, slow songs that sounded different. There was one that was, like, a real mid-paced song. And I was like, what are you doing, Cannibal Corpse? <laughs> it, I mean, it actually worked, but I was... Yeah, that was, that was weird, but... I think honestly, if I listened to this album more than twice, and the second time I listened to it was today, while trying to write an MMA column, and I'm not an MMA writer, so I was kind of distracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a yeah. podcast this is! Like, I'm like oh, half right. distracted with comic books. You're like, yeah, I might have listened to it once. <laughs> Metal no, Hammer of Metal Hammer of Doom. <laughs> we may have listened to the album we're reviewing. Oh no, that was that was two weeks ago. When Mark was like, "Yeah, I got to, I got to the fourth song," and then Sean was like, "What?" <laughs> I thought he said he was going to finish it. But no, I just, I mean, yeah, I listened to this the first time, but like I said, I've I listened to like I think I'm up to like 80 albums almost, something like that for the year. I'm like, I listen to so much shit, it gets kind of muddled. But when I first listened to it, I loved this album. The second time I listened to it, it was really awesome. But then this podcast started, and I kind of sort of forgot what I was, what the half the album was. All right, and with that, we'll bring you track seven. This is Dead Man's Hand on You. Spooky.
So this had a nice cradle of feel, cradle of feel, cradle of filth feel to it. <laughs> cradle of feel. Um, yeah, the song, the song was departure a, from the rest of the. Of it's a definitely it's a departure from the rest of the album. Certain. It's a weird fit. Like I, like this song. Like I remember when I was listening. Even you know both times I was listening to it, I was just like, not feeling this as much. Like it was, it wasn't awful or anything. It was just I was like, uh, you know, I don't feel like it really fits with the makeup of the rest of the album. And I don't think it really added all that much. It did have a cradle of filthy feel, and like I, like I've said before, cradle of filth are okay. They're nothing really. I'm not. I've been told if I saw them live, I'd be totally different about them because apparently they have a really good live show. But they do. I've not seen them live. Yeah, I have. I've been told. I'm not that. a. I'm not a fan of their t-shirts. You know, they do things like you know nuns being plowed in the butt and stuff like that. But um, you know, bike <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's yeah, great. Not for that the faint of heart. Oh but, no, neither are neither is Marduk's first. Uh, EP, fucking fuck me, sexy Jesus, or something like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, n- n- yeah. I'm not in the cross. You could, you could, you can insert your own stuff there. Excellent. Anywho, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Cradle of Filth actually does put on a very good live show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I haven't bought any new albums by Cradle of Filth in a long time, but I, you know, I, you know, first couple albums, I, I really enjoyed. All right, moving right along. This is track eight. This is damaged, be- much like this podcast tonight. Damage beyond repair. <laughs> consistent with the with the rhythm of it. I love I love the guitar solo at the end. The guitar solos on this album are really good. Like, you know, they're you know, really great guitarists. The keyboardist is really good. Hell the keyboardist plays a damn keyboard like a guitar during the solos. That's I remember the first time I uh, saw a live video with them, uh 
I got like what was it, a Slayer DVD off that, from Netflix, and I had like Mastodon and Children of Bodom, and Bodom played one song, and I remember like I was watching it, and I'm like, oh wow, this sounds amazing. Is that a guitar? And then like I had the keyboard, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a pretty solid song. I could I couldn't remember what song it is if you pay if you if you offered me a hundred bucks, so yeah, good luck on that one. But yeah, this song like I said, I dug it. I dug this album. I'll probably you know, so we'll get to that by the end. But yeah, I just dug this album, but you're distracted, I'm distracted. You know. That's right. Come back next week when we might be paying attention to what we're doing. Of course, Sean Coleman would need to snap us, snap us into position. No, I, I'm paying attention to everything. Um, this, this is second to last track on the album. This is called All Twisted. song very fast um it's a roller coaster of a ride (laughs) i'm struggling here (laughs) we're really off tonight aren't we (laughs) it's it's the subject material i mean um i think we summed up a lot of this album in the first like 20 minutes we talked about it and there wasn't anything left to say and at this point i'm struggling to find stuff to talk about and I'm not and I'm normally not. Normally I can normally I, I can pull a rabbit out of my ass and you know and produce a good conversation. Um uh, I like the album. I do. I swear to God. Anyone listening to this, I really do like this album. Um I just don't have a lot to say about it. <laughs> well, we're enthusiastic about the album, listening to it, but talking about it, we're just kinda like, Yeah, this was really good, but it's really kinda hard to embellish on it. Yeah. Trust me. I, I know I know how that is. I had to do I did fifty blurbs for a top fifty albums of twenty twelve list. Oh, I know how hard it is to come well, You get to even. a point where you well you get to a point where you're just like it's good. I don't know what else to say. You know well, yeah, well, I, I've noticed uh, most of the tracks that I've really went on went on about were the ones I didn't like, which has been two. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, we're rolling on two tracks I didn't really like that much, and a CD, a single that I was like, that's okay, it's good for a single. And then we talked about uh, self harm, 
And the, the, the other one, it was pretty much, you know, I really like this and that. I like guitar, the guitars. I like the, you know, I like the keyboards. <laughs> this has their classic sound. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty cut and dry. But yeah, this song was this song was pretty good. I really like the, I like the getting out of it. A little different because the last one was kind of a, kind of a little bit of a march to it. This one was more just like crazy technical fest. I love crazy yeah. technical fest. Yeah. All right, last song. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, wow. this, this is our shortest podcast since Hate Breed. Yep. One bottle and a knee deep. <laughs> On this track, sir. This, <clears throat> sorry, this I'd probably say was one of my, my favorite on the album. And actually, but before you said the title of the song, I always thought it said "Knee Drop," so I was like, "Yeah, wrestling." <laughs> so it's something about like a bashing <laughs> bottle over somebody's head and giving him a knee drop. I'm like, "Yeah, the Sandman would Sandman would approve, except his is more beer king." <laughs> but yeah, this song I really. The song I really liked because most of it was just a crazy solo masturbation session. I mean, really, like a good half of the song was just guitars, keyboards, guitars, guitars, guitars. It was awesome because that is what this band does best. They're like Dragon Force, except they actually can write a song. Most of the okay, now the last Dragon Force album actually had a lot of so some good songwriting to it, but before before that, it was all just weedly, 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 dragons, weedly. But this one, weedly. Weedly Deedly, yeah, you know, the Weedly 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 Weedly, yeah, that, that is a lot of Dragon Forces. Weebles and Wobble. Weebles, Wobbles, and Wobbles, Weebles. Weebles wobble, yeah. but they don't fall down. No, 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 they do not. I remember I used to play, I remember I used to play with those and thought they were the best fucking thing ever. So, like, you know, they Weeble and they Wobble, but they won't fall down. Oh, like uh, Oprah. 
like Oprah. <laughs> All right, sure. Yeah. But yeah, this this track was pretty much the culmination of his album. This was like the nice, happy, shiny bow that they tied around the present and put it on there. Shiny, was, happy you know, people, and they're shiny, happy. Sorry. Jesus, you are really wanting to put the old yeller down tonight, aren't you? <laughs> oh, what, what? I don't know what you're talking about. You're singing shiny, happy people. Don't tell me you had that queued up like last time, or you had a bunch of random shit queued up. No, I, I do not have any. I swear to you, I do not have any shiny, happy people queued up. Okay. Just make it that, sure. was, that was totally, uh, you, you said it, and it queued shiny, happy people in my head, so I felt the need to sing it out loud because um, I'm in that kind of a mood tonight. You sound tired. <laughs> do I? <laughs> no, like right now, you, you're just like, yeah, I kind of want to go to bed. I I have to be fuck the police. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want. You you know what I really want? Let me tell you what I want. What I really really want. So tell me what you want. What you really really want? What I really really want is to watch um, Orange Is the New Black. You Let know, me tell I, you. I, I I talked to Kevin. I was like, Hey Kevin, we should totally watch this and review it on the Three Beards. He's like, After I finish Deep Space Nine, I'm like, Oh Jesus, this is going to take like two years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I like Deep Space Nine. I'm not going to complain about that. But uh, yeah, that well, was uh, that was that went on forever. He just finished Enterprise. He, he finished Enterprise. He, he loved him some Enterprise, and I'm like, yeah, I've never watched Enterprise, but what I've seen, I think he hasn't that great. Let us end this podcast by me saying the following: um, I'm much more of a TV person than my wife, and. Um, you know, like I love Boardwalk Empire, and I was a huge fan of The Wire, and as I famously talked about this on another podcast, I actually woke my wife up in the middle of the night to tell her how The Shield ended. You know, like there are certain – like I don't get into a lot of TV, but the TV I do get into, I become – I get very obsessed with. Um, Have you watched I, Breaking I, Bad yet? No. And I, and, I go into, like, with, and I go into like withdrawals when certain shows that I'm like in love with, like The Wire, go off the air. Um, you know, or the shield for that matter. Um, and as we all know, I have a prison, I have a prison fetish. So, uh, I, I yeah, found for being out, in them or, or doing things in them. Uh, <laughs> Both. <laughs> from column A. Um, I, so I really like prison dramas and whatnot. You know, like I said, I used to love Oz. I thought that was just the best show on TV. Um, well now, um, they got the show Orange is the New Black that's exclusive to Netflix. And I was like, I'm going to start watching that. My wife's like, oh, I want to watch it with you. Hey. Here's, the, here's the problem. Um, we have well, to watch it when, when my kid's not around. And yeah. Obviously. Um, there's a lot of lesbian sex on that show. Uh, lesbians. So, so we have to watch it when my kid's like asleep or, or you know not around or whatever. Um and then, so that means we usually have to watch it at night or when she takes a nap or whatever. And then my wife has to be in the mood to watch, like, new television, which she's not always in the mood to do that. So we have me, like, every waking moment, we'll watch this show if possible. I'm like, you know, we were trying to watch them together, and I finally just broke on Sunday. And I'm like, I want to watch yep. Orange is Black. She's like, I want to take a nap. And I'm like, well, then fuck you. I'm watching it without you. And that's just the way it is. Now I'm, like, four episodes ahead of her. And she's like, can you please wait for me to catch up to you? And I'm like, oh. We're never going to get to the end of this series. It's only 13 episodes. 
So uh, you, you should watch Breaking Bad. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not a huge like TV guy. I uh, yeah, like if a, a series has to be really good to get me to actually tune in. I'm finally caught up, and the series, the last uh, season starts as a Sunday. You should watch it. It's, it's lots of uh, lots of drama with with meth. Please, please I don't know. Watch the first episode. Please, uh, I'll please give, give it the a, first episode a try. I'll give it a try. I'm certainly not opposed yes. to. I'm I, I'm more likely to watch. Um, I'm more likely to to watch Breaking Bad than I am The Walking Dead. Um, I'm much more interested in drugs than I do zombies. But I like like ghetto drug stuff, like The Wire. I'm not sure I can deal with you know Midwest white people and their meth. Oh, it's. Uh... Yeah, he, yeah. Walt is, Walt is a, a Midwestern white guy. But trust me, he he messes with a lot more people than white people. Yeah, I like to just watch the first episode, and I'm pretty sure you'll be hooked. I know I was hooked. So was my stepdad. My stepdad only gets hooked to like Dexter. He, That's he another show watched. I've never watched. Uh, see, he, I, I want to watch it, but he doesn't shut up about it, and he makes me dread even hearing the word Dexter. So, because right. <laughs> I've been tempted to listen to Lambert's podcast about Dexter, <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. have they even started that yet? I have no clue. I don't think I don't think I they've started not, it yet. Because I remember he was they were they were talking they were talking about it. Hopefully, in a few weeks, me and him are going to be doing our we're going to start up a Panther podcast. Oh boy, talk about the tears of Cam Newton. Oh goody! There's a many, many tears and bitchy, bitchy locker room attitude of Sarah Camuel Newton. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, it should be good. What are your thoughts on this song, Mark? You never said. Um, it's a lot of children of Bodom. No, I mean it was good. It you know it was a fine album. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh. And I listened to it on the way to work today, and you know, it was a rocking good time. Kept me up, awake on my drive. Well, that, oh, that's good. That, that'd be bad if I'm like, "Where's Mark?" And then I look on Facebook, and it's like, oh, "Mark fell asleep because he decided to put on that damn Christian rock song again for 42 <laughs> minutes straight." Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it was good. And in two weeks, we're going to be awake, and we're going to be excited, and we're going to talk about "Deceiver of the Gods" by Amon Amarth, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Okay, because the reason I didn't, I was gonna not do it, is because it's not on Spotify. And I'm like, oh, more than lucky, money more step motion. I don't want to have to put him through this <laughs> if he can't find it. But YouTube, you know, you can use YouTube. I'm gonna tell you right now what's what in the butt. <laughs> right, what's what in the butt? What's what in the butt? Yeah, it's right here. Seer of the Gods. Oh, the whole album's on Spotify. Yes, sir. Hmm, okay. Well, it wasn't on there like the first week. Okay. It's on, well, it's on there now, Bucky. Well, hey, that's that that good. And I can upload, because I have the CD. That's, this is the only CD I have bought in the first week this year. All right. Only one. Yeah, so I can just upload my ver- my uh, album version. Oh, okay, yeah, you weren't kidding. Cool. All right, so we're going to do that. Took off their, uh, they took off their first album. Damn. So we're going to do this um, in two weeks on the next Metal Hammer of Doom, and I promise I'm going to be all kinds of awake and uh, excited for it. Um, awake, alive, enthusiastic. Mark's awake, alive, and I can never do that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
in the meantime, uh, Sunday was the was the um, four one ground about radio show where we previewed or God fuck me where we reviewed no, UFC one sixty three and I went on a rant about um, fighters not fighting in the cage when they're yeah. supposed to be fighting. It was very interesting. You took over Jeff's position of ranting, ranting a rancher extraordinaire, which, where was Jeff? He was uh, at a wedding. Uh, oh, yeah, it was like brother's wedding or something. Oh, well, you know. I thought I did a good <laughs> rant. I thought it was an interesting rant. Well, no, it was a good rant. I always enjoy listening to your, your podcast. And then when I'm done with your podcast, I'm going to go listen to the Man Cave because it's always good to listen to both of you. It's good. It's good. Yep. It's good to get my uh, like you guys are like the serious analysis, and then there Sam are talking and Lambert making jokes. I'm kidding. Lambert has some good analysis himself, but you know every time I listen to them, I can't help but go. I want the teachers. I check Congo. The Tito shot. Um, all right. The Tito. So that's that. Um, we got uh, Mission Impossible uh, already up on the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network. We got the next Mission Impossible podcast. Will be a week from tonight. Uh, Gavin Napier will be joining us from um, acasualheroes.com. Um, so that's it. Just check, you know, uh, Robert Winfrey is back from his trip to uh, Missouri. He'll be uh, doing Fans another. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he'll be he'll be doing another. Everyone loves a bad guy this week. Go ahead and check all that out. Um, check us out on iTunes and Stitcher were a lot better than this normally. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they can't all be singers, out. folks. They can't all be good. Um, all right, what do, you got, <laughs> you, what do you got going on this week, there? Cooper? I feel like this was an awful episode. Sorry, Jesse. Sorry, but at least I got him into the three beards. It's you know but, what uh, it, this was not as awful as I think we. I, I think we had a very interesting conversation. About it was just in between the interesting conversation. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure it'll come off better. You know, We just didn't have our Clamato at the end to save the show. Come on. By the way, you should... Okay, well, I will. So speaking of the Three Beards, I'll plug that first. I never plug that first. Yeah, the Three Beards podcast, where we really release like every Sunday or so. Yeah. We, we're, where are your morning show? that it does not come on in the morning, and we would never, ever appear on your morning show because we're foul and rude and sometimes very, very uh, offensive to to minorities, majorities, anybody in between. But, like, this week, we, uh, like, yeah, Kevin was drunk by, like, 30 minutes into it. And it was great because we talked about uh, a new Flash TV series, possibly. Yeah, and we also talked about... a. Uh, the possibility of a crime-centric bat- show set in Gotham. So it's Batman with no Batman. It was, a, it was a really solid episode. I dug it. So you got that. Uh, the, the Hammer of Doom, which is, you know, what this kind of got the uh, name from, kind of sort of. You had the Hammer of Doom uh, news report every Sunday. Well, this week it was Monday because I was like 30, I was like an hour late turning it in because, <laughs> because, of, because of me. But, yeah, that 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 was pretty good. What did I talk about this week? Oh, yeah, everything from Bakken. Like, Lemmy apparently can only do a 30-minute set because he's, like, got, you know, problems and stuff because he's old. Yeah, he's old. Get well, get well soon, Lemmy. But, yeah, uh, we got that. I'm in the MMA Factor Fiction this week. You should go vote for me. I'm really not – I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm against Evan Zivian. 
I love Evan. Evan's a really nice guy, really, really smart guy. So if you like his answers, go vote for him. But really, you should vote for me because I'm, I'm, not, having, I'm not having a good day. So, yeah. <laughs> You should, you should go, vote for, go, go vote for somebody. But, yeah, I'm in that uh, in about an hour and a half, Stephen Randall's Cooperative Multiplayer Podcast. It'll be three hours of video games and rambles. So, yeah, I think that's all for me because I'm actually pretty light this week in terms of bullshit I'm doing. All right. Uh, so <laughs> did, that's... You fall, did you fall asleep? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Um, all right, so that has been this rather limp version of the Metal Hammer of Doom. We'll be back in two weeks on meth. That way we're all excited and into it. Uh, we're going to give this podcast some Viagra with Vikings and Odin in battle. <laughs> That's right. I'll be much more uh, excited about that. So uh, until then, be well, be safe, and be safe. Hey.